0: Okay guys, Pushing Rubber Podcast episode 155. This is your host with the most, Adam Piggott, coming to you from Saudi Arabia, June in Saudi Arabia. Pretty warm boys and girls, pretty warm. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned it the last podcast, but the other other week it actually said 51 degrees centigrade on my car dashboard. I didn't know numbers went that high. but things going well um yesterday did a trip into bahrain my second trip in there with an english uh, english chap who also lives here at the same compound that i'm in and uh yeah we cruised in there had a nice time uh good lunch cruised around found a guitar shop checked out some guitars didn't buy anything um but there was uh there was a couple there because i'm i'm guitarless i am sans guitar sends a guitar no guitar um, and that's been eight months so starting to go on a bit of withdrawal symptoms so um, I might just pick up a, a cheap and cheerful one so I can bash away with here and when I leave Saudi I'll just give it away to someone um, so maybe you might go back there in a couple of weeks we'll see um, so the big news from here in Saudi, is that this week they lifted the vast, well, all of the COVID restrictions. So basically, up to up to Monday, it's just gone. So a week ago, almost five days ago, you still had to wear masks indoor in public places, all so shops, supermarkets, uh, malls, hotels, blah blah blah. And you still had to use, show the app to be green, which meant you were up to date with a third booster to be able to get into most places. And this has been the case since I've been down here. Now, of course, I'm pure blood, no vaccination in me. So it's been a pretty tough eight months um, in the sense that I just, just didn't go out. Just didn't go and do anything because I just didn't want the hassle. Uh, when I had to get into government buildings, I, I got very good at bluffing my way, charming my way in, flashing the app quickly so they didn't quite see. The bank was always an issue. That was a big issue for me. Um, and supermarkets. Supermarkets were just... It all dep- depended on who was on the door, whether or not I was going to get in. But I got refused a number of times, which was kind of embarrassing, Um, but more, I just want to do my shopping, man. I just want to get my food. So I got really good at sourcing um, shops that were smaller, wouldn't check, obviously. Um, And did a lot of my shopping that way, went to markets, open-air markets, like fish markets, that sort of thing. And so that was cool. I actually discovered some good places, but there was still, There was still some stuff I needed to go to a supermarket for. So what I would do when I would actually get into the supermarket, I would do a mega shop, absolutely mega. So I wouldn't buy one bottle of extra virgin olive oil. I'd buy five. And I'd buy seven chickens. And I'd stick them all in the freezer, that sort of thing, you know. I'd really, really stock up. Um, so that's all come to an end. Over the last couple of months, it was drifting away anyway. People had just had enough. I, I, I wasn't wearing a mask anywhere, and I just didn't care. And, you know, a couple of times people were like, oh, could you put your mask on? And I said, no, I don't have one. And they go, oh, here's one for you. And i hold it and walk off. So it was... And that was, that was not just me being pricked. That was... If I was going... A couple of weeks ago, if I was going into an indoor building... of the people would not be wearing masks. I still feel for the staff though, but thankfully most of them don't have to wear masks either. Now, so we're basically through this period Um, and out the other side, interestingly enough, I only found out that they'd lifted the restrictions yesterday, four days after it happened. The English chap told me, I had no idea. Um, I actually had a really busy week and have time to scratch myself but um no one else no one told me no one told me Um, and the vast majority of people down here that know me know i'm not vaccinated maybe they didn't tell me because they're upset with me that i finally prevailed Hmm, don't know um in other COVID news restrictions and vaccine mandates have been lifted in the state of victoria in australia which was melbourne was known as the most locked down city in the world during the last two years now i found out about this from an article in xyz magazine from the great and good david hiscock so i went i jumped online to the australian newspaper to their national news section and no mention of it so then i jumped onto to a bunch of other different different sites I could not find a single mainstream media publication that gave it any coverage at all which means that they're just trying to memory hole it and I was talking to a chap today I was talking to someone today um, about this who lives in Victoria who lives in Melbourne and he said, when the lockdowns were happening and they were extending the lockdown for another six weeks and another six weeks and another six weeks, it was over six cases or 12 cases of COVID. Now they've got apparently 10,000 cases a day in Australia, or I don't know where, it's all, I don't know if that's the whole of Australia or just Victoria or wherever, and they're memory holding it, lifting all of the... Um, of the mandates as well. They still have a mandates in place for people who work with aged care and that sort of thing, which doesn't make sense at all. I mean, grandma's going to go. Grandma's going to go. It's just, and of course, the vaccine doesn't stop you spreading it. We all know that the vaccine is just a ticking time bomb. So, okay, so those are a few things to discuss in relation to this. The first thing of all, I am now of the opinion that the COVID malarkey, the COVID insanity that occurred from 2020 to 2022, uh, for a two year period, just over a two year period, is either a great evil global tyranny that was all planned down to the minutest evil detail as in major Bond villain take over the world globalization control the population, lock down the world, blah, 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 blah. Or it was a case of gross incompetence, stupidity, and a complete dearth, total lack of leadership from the people within politics and bureaucracies that needed to step up. Oh, and major companies as well It needed to step up and say look we know this is bullshit none of it makes sense we're breaking a whole lot of our own laws uh by doing this lockdowns and mandates and all the rest of it so it's one of those two it's either it's either dr evil or dr stupid one of the two if it's dr evil That means that they can bring it back at any time because their plan is ongoing, blah, 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 blah. If it's Dr. Stupid, it really means this is memory hold. This is going to be memory hold. And the fact that they are memory holding it in such a big way leads me to believe that it was Dr. Stupid all along. It wasn't Dr. Evil. It was Dr. Stupid. Now, now, I know, I know, I know, there are plenty of you listening to this who will be firmly convinced that it was Dr. Evil and his nefarious schemes behind all of this. And I did believe that as well while it was ongoing. But really, the fact that they're memory-holding it, if it comes back in six months and all of, the whole thing starts off again, all right, I'll raise my hand, mea culpa. It was Dr. Evil. But I don't think that's going to happen. I think this is it. It was gross incompetence, gross stupidity by uh, the whole of the Western world. I don't think there was one country in the West that skated Oh, Sweden. I think Sweden, uh, the Swedes didn't opt in for the self-destructive nature of COVID. Um, Not sure if there was anyone else. Most of Africa ignored it completely, Um, which says something really, because I mean, they're really stupid down there, but they didn't fall for this bullshit. Street smarts. I mean, I... they may, may not be nuclear physicists down there, but they do have a lot of street smarts. You've got to have street smarts in Africa if you are going to survive. Literally. The rest of the world, of course went along with it. Russia didn't do too badly. There were parts of Russia that lost their head. Like the mayor of Moscow at one point was talking about mandatory vaccination for everyone. But the, the larger government there in Russia basically pulled him up and said, Oi, cut it out. Stop being a dickhead. Um, little places, Armenia, skated through pretty clean. Yes, yes. And I know that because I've got a mate over here who is from Armenia. Uh, So he was telling me about that. Vaccination rate's very low over there. Uh, And I'm sure Outer Mongolia didn't give a shit about this either, let's be honest. But if you're looking at the collective West, apart from Sweden, the rest of it was a big fat fail and a big fat red flag that we are governed by idiots. Uh, They have no courage, they have no moral backbone. There is no leadership, whether it's government, bureaucracies or major corporations. Um, definitely not mainstream media. If you were Russia or China and looking at the West now and thinking, is this the best time to kick in the door and the whole rotten structure will come falling down? To quote good old Adolf before he went into Operation Barbarossa in Russia. I think the answer would be yes. I I think we've just shown that we cannot handle uh, Anything of a real critical nature and Can you imagine the West trying to fight the second world war right now? I Just don't think it would go the way that it went before So That's one of the big that's one of the big takeaways from this we're governed, We really are governed by idiots And Oh, and by the way, I left out churches there because they failed big time as well. The churches, I think, I think the Catholic Church in particular, that's because I'm Catholic, but churches in general were the biggest failures of this whole thing. They had the most to lose by not stepping up and by following the prevailing line. And that's what they did. If instead they had been the island of sanity and a sea of lunacy, I think that would have raised dramatically the stakes of the church in the world. They had the opportunity to show moral courage, spiritual courage, and to not be of this world. Uh, But instead they failed. Kind of like Saul, I suppose, in the Old Testament, let down God just one too many times until it was, uh, that's enough for you, mate. So they were the biggest failures. But let's now talk about you. Let's talk about the people who resisted the mandates, who drew a red line in the sand and said, yeah, this is my red line and I I won't go over this. You've now come out the other side of the two year nightmare. And here you are. So first of all, congratulations. Well done. You were thrown into, an ad, into adversity and you discovered that you had a spine. You discovered that you had some balls to rub together. You discovered that you wouldn't go along to get along, but you actually had some integrity of your own that's a big thing That's nothing to be discounted you should give yourself a pat on the back big time you might quite definitely i know there are people listening to this who lost their jobs who suffered greatly i don't know if anyone lost a marriage over this out of the people who listen to me i'm sure that's happened without a doubt obviously and i've pretty sure that people have lost their lives as well whether it be to suicide or uh, not getting the health care they needed at that time because the timing was terrible with this whole COVID shit but if you've come out the other end and you're in one piece you've been tested and you passed the test if you look at this from a spiritual point of view if God wanted to really give the whole of humanity, one big chance individually all at the same time to find some moral fibre, to step up and to be in this world but not of this world, I, I, I don't think there's, there could have been a better example of that than what we've just gone through. I think that this No, I don't think. I believe, I truly believe that this was a spiritual test from God to give everyone the chance and everyone the, the opportunity to step up of their own free will. That's the great thing about Christianity is that Christianity as religion is based on freedom of choice. It's why I don't proselytise or push religion or anything like that on the people that I know, because if you have to be forced into it, or talked into it, or hoodwinked into it, or whatever, then you haven't come of your own accord in that sense. Um, It's not gonna last, and it's not gonna be true. This was a chance, this was an opportunity, this whole debacle for people to, yes, discover their moral fiber, discover their strength but also to discover their strength through God that to get through it I would need to turn to God I'm sure there are many many people who did that I saw a comment on Catalaxy Files this week on the open thread and I've saved it let me get it here it was about leftism a misbegotten perverted offspring of Christianity And one of the commenters there wrote this, We have well and truly entered an age in which Christianity no longer seems to have an appeal to current generations. It is tempting to believe that Nietzsche's belief that self-realization does not have to be obtained through religion has become the most attractive option for most. Those who still go through the motions of church attendance most often adopt crazy beliefs beliefs in relativism that misrepresent the actual precepts of Christianity. The transcendent principles of the teaching of Jesus get lost in this muddled interpretation. We need a second coming. I disagree. I disagree that we've entered a, truly entered an age in which Christianity no longer seems to have an appeal to current generations. I think we are emerging from that age. We've been in an age for the last 50 years, since the late 1970s, in which Christianity no longer seemed to have an appeal to current generations. My family unit, I grew up Catholic, Christian Brothers School, went to church every Sunday with the family mum, dad, me, and my brother. Sunday school, everyone we knew, Christian. It was the normal life. This was in the 70s and early 80s, up until 1983. The parish priest used to come around. We had two different ones, because one retired, or died. I don't know, I was very young. He used to come around for dinner every now and again with the family, sit there with all of us. My dad would ask his advice on different things. Uh, the priest would give his advice, apparently the advice was often very good from a spiritual and also from a worldly sense and then my parents got divorced in 84 they separated in 84 my first year of high school and of course we literally stopped going to church overnight and it was if it was if our Foundation years of Christianity, my first 13 years of my life based on Catholicism, never existed. There wasn't even a chat of, we're not going to go to mass anymore because it it just stopped in the family. That was it, done, finished. And our family, our small family tragedy was a microcosm of the greater, broader tragedy that was being played out at that time in which the generations were turning away from Christianity, that Christianity no longer had an appeal. And that has gone on for the last 40 years. But what we are now happening is we are emerging from that age and entering an age in which Christianity will begin to have an appeal again because people realise that the secular world offers nothing. Christianity is truth, of course. And if you are secular, then truth becomes subjective. And then you have uh, homosexual, transgender story time, um, feminism, all the other isms, you name it, all lumped in together. All of the crap that we're going on now is because we are in an age in which Christianity does not have an appeal. But for me, COVID is the turning point where everyone has had the chance to step up, find their balls in the nutsack, and also understand, in a spiritual sense, that God is good, God is great, there is a God. Christianity is true here we go big time people this is a big time big stuff going down and if you've if you've passed the test you've got to really on a spiritual sense now consider what that means for you because if you've passed this test you're stronger physically and spiritually morally with the integrity that you've demonstrated to yourself it's all well and good to philosophize and do the talk the talk and blah 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 and write the words on the internet but when it all comes to shove did you give in did you hold fast did you stand firm so a really important moment and now this needs to be the launching pad the building block for us to now refine our christianity our faith our worship in god our spiritual strength and the way that you do that is finding like-minded people In a community. And building together with them. Patriarchal communities, of course. The women don't don't get to decide. The chap I was talking to today. So last week. I did the alphabet soup. Agency. Uh episode, and I related the tale about the guy that contacted me and we ended up having a Skype conversation and I suspected that he was either a member of ASIO who was trying to set me up or see if I was dangerous or not, or some sort of Jewish organisation like the ADL and that sort of stuff. Well, he listened to the podcast episode last week. And he contacted me, he sent me an email and stating that he was not um, what I suspected him to be. And we ended up having a chat today for, I think it was about an hour and a half that we spoke on Skype. And it was good. he's, so he's, he's younger than me, he's about 15 young, years younger than me, so he's 35. Um and i won't relate any personal details or anything like that it's not important what's important is that he is a strong has a strong christian identity strong spiritual sense is making moves to look after his family in the current environment in which we are at But he can't talk to any of his mates about what he wanted to talk to me about. He had to reach out to a blogger and writer on the other side of the world to try and get the discussion going that he desperately needed, that he can't get in his circle. We were talking today about it and I said to him, to be honest, what you need from me, what I was giving him, you should, or he should, or all of us should be getting from our parish priests these discussions these bigger discussions about how we fit into the scheme of things our relationship with God this is is the role of the parish priest the role of the parish priest is not just confession and then the gospel on Sunday and dole out the sacrament and blah 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 the parish priest is a shepherd who needs to look after his flock he needs to be invested in them When I first went back to the Catholic Church in the Netherlands, I went to the Catholic Church in Leiden. I went to that church for about nine months and then it got shut down for COVID. I went most Sundays. The parish priest knew who I was. I definitely stood out. I'm obviously not Dutch. There was no attempt from that priest to engage with me whatsoever. I see you're new here. What about if you come along this week? Would Tuesday afternoon be suitable for you? We can have a cup of coffee and a discussion, blah, 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 which I would have appreciated no end. Never happened. Then I went, I discovered the Sedevacansis church right down in the bottom of the Netherlands. And I went there as often as I could. It was a long drive. I didn't get there every Sunday. Um, But when I first met up with that priest, I went to visit him in Belgium because he travels around a lot um, teaching and um, holding services in, I think he does them in the Netherlands, in Belgium, and in Germany. And he goes to Italy on occasion as well. I think he speaks like four languages. And organised the meeting with him, drove to Belgium, which was about a two and a half hour drive, something like that. And he and I sat and spoke for a couple of hours. And it was interesting because it was his younger guy. I think he's, a, I think he's in his early 30s. And I gave him as much time to talk as he gave me. I listened to him as much as he listened to me. He told me about his life and his spiritual journey as much as I spoke to him. I had the feeling that he needed me as much as I needed him. Good priest excellent priest actually and I went to confession with him and he helped guide me but he was also a bit hands off from my experiences priests today don't roll up their sleeves and engage with their parishioners And I just think that that's uh, a damn shame. So talking to this guy today, I said to him, listen. You need to find yourself not just church. You need to find yourself the priest. The priest that you need. And I think that we've got to be proactive on this we've got to seek out our priests, and we've got to make the coffee appointment with them because the church has been so hobnobbled, cut off at the knees that the onus is now on us as parishioners to be the driving force and to whip our priests into shape that's what we need to do we need to hold. We need to start holding them to really high standards. The same standards that we have to hold to ourselves. The same standards that compelled us to draw a line in the sand and say, in relation to the whole COVID debacle, yeah, this is this is the point where, where it's, it's I'm not stepping back. So I hope this has been some of some help to you all. And I hope that it will give you a push to get out there and start looking after your spiritual welfare as much as your material and physical one. Shout-outs, Captain Capitalism, Aaron Clary at captaincapitalism.blogspot.com. Hey, Aaron, how you going, man? Um, Yeah, Um, he's got a new book out, which I'm almost finished. I think that The Great One and I are gonna do another greasy poll next weekend. Um, We're trying to tee that up. Um, We'll be having a chat about Aaron's new book, I think. And you can check out all of his other books as well. Uh, His YouTube channel, Asshole Consultancy Firm, that he has, great guy, big support to me. And um, hopefully I can get over to the States and say hello to him and check out his new house. Um, You can get my books, Pushing Rubber Downhill and Run Guts Pull Combs. Um, Oh, there's a... There's a big sale on um, e-books from our corner of the internet, um, which I want to plug because these guys are doing good work. Uh, Vox Day spoke about this. uh, Anonymous Conservative has as well. Um, And let me just find... Let's just find this here um it's called the super summer book sale um at um a-e-t-h-e-r-c-z-a-r.com uh runs through uh this tuesday so you've got about three days left to go and basically it's indian small press authors that have banned joined together offering about 160 ebooks priced at 99 cents and there's a lot of free titles uh, and Terra house press by matt Forney has joined in and offering their entire collection of ebooks for 99 cents a uh, lot of good writers in there a lot of up and comers as well um, and of course it's not woke garbage um, so go support those guys as well if you want to get some Good summer reading um, from authors who don't hate you and want you dead, as Vox put it. So there's a link to Terra House Press on my blog, uh, blog roll there, Terra House Literary Magazine. So you can click that through if you just want the easy way. And uh, there's they've got it front and center there. You can check that out. Okay, so listen, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, this has been Episode number 155 of Push Up Podcast. Um, and um, take care of yourself this week. And I'll talk to you next week. Ciao.